Hello and welcome to the Steph Sanzaro podcast. My name is Steph and it is so lovely to meet you and to greet back all of our returning listeners this week. We are joined by none other than my beautiful friend, Julia Hogarth, this week. Jules is a coach for creators. She is a meditation teacher. She runs trips to the Northern Territory to activate your soul. She is all about energizing, supercharging and revitalizing our ability and our belief within ourselves. She is the podcast host of You School, not to mention mother and wife and powerhouse woman. And I'm very excited for you to listen in on our conversation today. We did record this back in March. However, two days later, I came down with the spicy cough and since then have just been recovering giving myself the time and the rest that my body needs and I can finally say that I am feeling like I'm on the road back to recovery. So I'm really, really pleased to be able to now introduce this episode to you and to give all of these beautiful lessons that we discussed today into your ears. As some of you will know, this is a space for open and honest conversation a space for my guests and I to lean into vulnerability and to talk about the things that are really important to us and the things that we want to raise awareness for. And today, my conversation with Julia does just that. But before we get started, I would like to issue a little bit of a trigger warning as today we do discuss concepts such as miscarriage, grief, and mention of suicide. Now, I know that We don't often afford ourselves the same permissions that we afford to others. And so today I would just like to extend the permission to you to be able to pause the episode at any stage, to sit back and reflect upon what you're hearing and how it feels within your own body and within your own mind. And then the invitation is always there to join us again. This episode was so much fun to record. Julia and I are just our casual, silly selves, sitting down, eating cookies and sipping on tea. And you can basically just hear us eating our morning tea and chatting just as normal friends do. So this episode isn't stylized. It's not question based, but we do discuss you know, really deep things. We consider our relationship to social media, uh, intentionality within business, how grief can change us and the trajectory of our own lives, but potentially put us on the path that we were always meant to be on. We discuss so much in this episode and I cannot wait for you to listen and to take in all of the wonderful wisdom and insights that Julia presents to us today. So without further ado, would you please give a very warm welcome to Julia Hogarth. Don't you worry about that. It's fine. <laughs> this will be messy. Just it is so okay. You know. It is all right. Just so you know. I love okay. it. Okay. So yeah. what are we talking about? <laughs> so many things we could talk about. I know. That's the thing. You know. We could talk about your experiences recently. Mm-hmm. We could talk about how freaking amazing you are at finding 
the spark inside everyone and mm-hmm. just basically seeing them better than they do because mm-hmm. that is your talent. Mm-hmm. It really is. Bless you. Just talk about things that, like, light you up, mm-hmm. you know, yep. that you want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, most people step into this space and they're just kind of like, they don't realise they're going to say the things they say. Mm-hmm. And I don't know they're going to say the things mm-hmm. they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. How did your most recent one go with tea? Good. Have you listened to it? Oh, yeah. It was insane. <clears throat> the, the... I don't even know it came out because I wasn't on socials, so that's all. Oh, yeah. Mm. You were underground. <laughs> you were in Geelong below. Off grid. Um, we... The theme of it that we went into it with was things we've learnt since quitting our corporate jobs, basically. Well, nice. Yeah, but it then it became... It was supposed to be, like, five things we've, we've learnt from quitting our corporate jobs, and then it became, like, a classic Julia and Tessa talk about, like, deep stuff, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then we started with this conversation that T and I had once where she was... I, fucking, I can't even remember, but when you listen to it, you'll hear it. But she, she was in this weird space because of business. And I think it was when she was setting up her physical space. It was just so much. And she was, like, shaming herself for not being in a high-vibe devotional place. She was just struggling. Mm. And we had this night where I actually, oh, my God, it was so beautiful. I read her. I knew she was having a hard time and I was like, I'm going to come over and mum you. Like, tell me when. Aww. And so I, I went over. She was like, this time I went over, we had dinner. And then I was like, I don't know how to mum you except to, like, read you a story. So I brought two children's books. So we sat on the couch and I read her two books and it was very pure and we had a conversation about, uh, like, she said it was nice to kind of hear the um, world explained through a children's book and the mm. highs and the lows explained in, like, a Dr. Seuss way. Like, it's just the way it is. That's cool. And she was like, I needed to hear that because I'm not in a good space and I want to choose something else. And anyway, we talked about that and how I was like, do you need to shame yourself for being in a bad place? Is it uh, is it not just part of it? Mm. Is it not just... Oh, epic. Like, I hear that you say that you can choose devotion every day, but isn't it like you're in the bottom of the cycle and it feels bad and you're just in the forgetting, right? That In the forgetting that you are a human and you're going to be in those places and you don't have to shame yourself for that. And then you come back to the remembering of, like, little by little by little that that's what you're here for and you're amazing and it'll feel better again and the cycle continues. Anyway... So it was an epic conversation. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I can't wait to listen to that. Mm. When did you guys have that conversation? So you had a mini conversation that led to another conversation. Yeah, so the actual conversation was like months and months ago. Mm. And then, yeah, we did the podcast, I think, two weeks ago. Two weeks. Oh, wow. But something I'm playing with right now is... You know that energy of, like, I'm going to prove people wrong? Yes. I'm going to prove the haters wrong? Okay, yeah. I'm playing with what if... I mean, that's a great motivator for humans. Mm-hmm. But what if... What's the difference between that energy and then what if we play with... I'm going to prove the people who believe in me 
right. Wow. What's the difference between that? Right? And Jed was like, well, some people are motivated by this and not as much that. And I was like, yeah, but can it feel different? Mm -hmm. And how important is it to have people that believe in us around us so that we can see each other through, see ourselves through their lens? Mm. And the people that don't have those people in their life, how does that impact them? Do you know who Kyle Cease is? No. He's a motivational speaker guy on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he... Love it. Oh, it's one of Cody's favourite guys. Love it. There needs to be more men doing this shit. Oh, it, it turns me on a lot. My boyfriend is really into self-development. Um, I was watching one of his videos recently and he says... Surround yourself with people who see you bigger than you do. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, mm. yeah, that's amazing. Like when people say to you, you'll be doing this one day or you'll be coaching someone through this one day or you'll be like, like Greg saying to me, you'll be doing one of these end tours, NT tours one day. And I was like, <laughs> you know, you have that moment of like, sure thing. But then... There's Look at you now. That, well, yeah, but then there's something happens when you get to at least briefly see yourself through. This is why community is so important. I agree with that. You can't see yourself fully by yourself. Mm-mm. Never. You know, I remember when I was sitting with you at your house one time and you were just telling me, like, why don't you just put these videos up and just, like, sell them? And then I went and I, and I was like, I've never even considered that I could be someone that does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of the ego stories. Yeah. You know. And then I tried that and I gave it a go and then I was like, you know what, that's not for me, but that's a mm. good thing. But that gives we you ha- information, right? We have to try. Right. Yeah, and now I know what isn't for me. Right. But if I hadn't tried. Right. Then I'd still be sitting here wondering. And kudos to you because I had a conversation with my sister last night, but she... um she doesn't like what she's doing, but she couldn't tell you what her dream, her vision is. She can't. She couldn't even tell you that. She couldn't even tell you one detail about what she'd like to do instead. Mm. And that's the kind of action like that you took. That's really, really important to find out what it is you do want to do. Right? How are you supposed to learn about yourself and what feels good? Well, if I'm honest, lately I've been really confused about what I want to do. Like, I know the things I like doing. Mm-hmm. I know what brings me joy. Mm. But when I think about, you know, we always have to think about the money thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like surviving. Mm-hmm. We need a job right. to do that. Right. When I think about that, I'm like, what do I see myself as? And yet it's not clear yet mm. in my vision, you mm. know, in my mind. I mean, I've had so many different ideas over mm. the last <laughs> how many years? I don't know. Yeah. Many. Um, and at this point, I'm actually content with the not knowing, which is huge. Prior to going off social media four weeks ago, I felt discontented. Mm-hmm. I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. I was just like... Was it because you were looking at every other person? Mm. No, I think I was judging myself for not being able to show up like others were Mm -hmm. or in a way that was 
uh, proactively like creative. You know, mm. I'd even look at you and I'd be so inspired by like how much content you were putting out mm. and it was all new and flashy and gorgeous and you had new pics done and I was just sitting there going, I don't have anything to say right now so mm. I'm not going to say it on mm. social media. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I'm not brave, confident within myself mm-hmm. or happy within my own life, who am I to then stand on social media and be some sort of, you know, I don't know, what do we do? We share messages of service sometimes and value. I mean, that's what I thought I was doing on there. And then you were. <clears throat> and then I was like, well, I think it's better for me to just take some time and separate myself from this and this expectation I had for myself or mm, that I thought other people had of me. Mm-hmm. Should we be having this conversation on the podcast? Technically already recording. I couldn't be bothered to getting down and pressing the button again. <laughs> okay, great. Because, <laughs> so we can start now. <laughs> because this is a this is a classic um, thing that I see in my clients of like <sighs> there's a calling, I think, to do the inner work, right? Mm. Yet we have this, as you just said, expectation on ourselves to constantly show up, show up, show up, to put out content, to put out content this many times a day, this many reels a day, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I could go on. But there's actually your body will tell you, your being will tell you when you need to be insular and turn back towards yourself and not be projecting outwards. Yeah. And the algorithm, the formulas <laughs> that we get told about don't allow for that they don't they don't allow for our seasons as humans no they don't and especially our season as women yep every month there is a four season cycle yeah and i feel that as well when i'm like consistently trying to show up on social media or i was at least and Mm -hmm. i was worried about numbers Mm -hmm. you know i was worried about that stuff and i don't know now it doesn't feel important to me at all I would wake or like wake up, do my morning routine, be doing yoga and I'd have like an epiphany within mm-hmm. my own self and mm-hmm. self-learning and I'd go, I better write this down so that I can mm-hmm. share it with others. And every mm-hmm. time I'd be out doing something and I had another one of these realizations or I was like, you know what, I learned this a little while ago and I think if I, if I put this into a dot point form, this might be helpful for others. Mm-hmm. So I'll write this down. Mm -hmm. So everything I do then becomes for Instagram Mm -hmm. to share with others Mm -hmm. through that portal, through that medium. Mm -hmm. And so Mm. it was like it was a disease or a parasite that had sort of like wiggled its way into my my heart, my brain, Mm -hmm. my thought processes, and Mm -hmm. everything was then directed to Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I better share this. Mm -hmm. I better share this. Even stuff that doesn't matter, like Mm -hmm. why does me, you know, doing one thing in my day or posting my food, like, gosh, I love food. And Mm -hmm. you know I love that. And Mm -hmm. curating beautiful meals. But even that, Mm -hmm. I started to think, why do people care? And (laughs) should I even be sharing this? These are private moments. Mm -hmm. You know, I identify so hard with that in my own experience just after my last miscarriage my second miscarriage I remember being like totally at the depths you know you and I just talked about that cycle that we go through I was like on the floor 
crying my guts out like in it in the tunnel as i would call it you know you can't see where you came in you can't see where you're gonna come out i was in the tunnel and i remember thinking and getting so sad because i saw this thought float through and it similar to what you just described i was like how can i document how i get out of the tunnel so that it will help others and i remember just being so sad for myself because i'm like you don't need to carry that you don't need to carry that you need to just do that insular thing where you get to conserve all your energy and just be in that moment because we're here's the thing about sharing everything when you go through those moments steph you're actually imbibing on a visceral level physical level spiritual level whatever you want to call it the lessons of that and if you're not there for it and you're thinking about how can i turn this into a dot pointed piece of wisdom well then it's not as deep you know i know absolutely (laughs) I, i often talk to my clients about these huge moments in my life that maybe i've never written about It happened this week, actually. I had a one-off session with a client and she was like, I don't know why I'm here, but I got attracted to you (laughs) and I was resistant to turning up. So I know I have to be here because, you know, we resist the things that we need often. And the amount of aha moments she had in a 60-minute container, some of the things we talked about I've never written about, they're, they're just part of me because I lived through them sometimes many times over you know Mm. we're actually coded with all of our experiences so i love that you got to unplug from that responsibility and put it down Mm. when you said that i realized just how much of my journey i have been documenting for such a long time yeah because i believed in vulnerability Mm. and sharing Mm. as a way to let people know Mm -hmm. that they're not alone Mm -hmm. being someone who experienced severe depression and anxiety from like a young age Mm. moving out of that was very difficult Mm. and I found that through like sharing about my you know psychologist appointments Mm. and you know what we were learning and moving through together or you know even when I got sick in my journey through India everyone saw everything mm-hmm. all these really potent moments in my life and people were responding in ways that were like thank you for sharing that mm. or you know with chronic illness and things like that like they're like i just i didn't know anyone else was going through that and mm. you know and then you're like okay well now i have a duty to continue to share the healing so that they too can heal mm-hmm. And that puts a huge responsibility mm-hmm. on top of my head that actually no one has specifically told me exists. Mm-hmm. I created it. Mm-hmm. I created it. Mm-hmm. And what happens if, you know, I went through all these experiences and documented them all in such a positive way and, you know, I never actually processed them? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm. I feel that on a soul level. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wonder, like, two years later after a drowning experience that I had in India, a near drowning, mind you, sorry, Mm. I'm still, I struggle to have anything on my face Mm -hmm. because Mm. of the trauma of not being able to breathe and having a boat pressed against my face. Mm. So, like, 
coming onto Instagram an hour after that happened and mm. sharing that with my followers. Like, I completely have, like, almost, like, boxed it up. Yeah. You know, I think with the level of self-awareness that you have, I think both can be true. I think you can keep your sacred moments and healing yours and share what actually feels good. Mm. I've been playing a lot with my relationship to social media and thinking deeply about what I want it to feel like when I'm there. Mm. And I don't want it to feel like, as we were speaking about off-air before, that it's like that my phone is kind of hooked into my nervous system through my arm like I, that's not what I want it to feel like I want it to feel like less of that responsibility and more of the joy of visiting my community when I'm there yeah. and the joy of like posting when I'm like here's a thing that I've learned so many times that I've either healed in myself or I feel comfortable to share there's lots about my miscarriages that I've never shared even though we can feel that responsibility, right? Because we, there feels like a responsibility when you value vulnerability and when you're able to speak mm. because lots of people aren't, especially with grief on that scale. Definitely. Lots of people can't or don't wish to. So if we do, we feel responsible. Yeah. But, and this is something I've learned in my relationships, not just like on social media, we're not responsible for anyone else's healing. And I think if you separate that from wanting to share, it can be a lot healthier, right? Yeah, definitely. I have felt that on my path, like seeing people in my life, my mum, other people, and I'm just as a deep feeler, caring, big-hearted human, I'm like, oh, I know so many things that could help you deal with the things you deal with on a daily basis. I'm not responsible for that. I can be in my own healing and light and process and inspire people or, you know, stealth, via stealth mode kind of, you know, influence them in some way. But it's not my responsibility. It's not your responsibility, you know. Yeah, and I think I realised that. I was able to step away and Jules, this is so embarrassing to admit, but in the, I think Instagram came out when I was 16. Mm. That's 10 years. Mm. I have not spent longer than four days off social media mm. <laughs> until my four weeks that just ended. Wow. And I didn't think that I could do it prior to that. If I had thought about doing that in 2020, that would not have been possible. Yeah. I was... I turned off notifications in 2020. Yeah. That was one of the best things I've ever done. Mm. I think I've slowly been detaching from more and more elements. Mm. But, yeah, to take the break, I was didn't think could happen, but it did. And I realised, I don't know about this, I feel like a lot of other people have a perception of social media as performative. You mm -hmm. know, content creators are doing things just because they look pretty and they want to share that that's the life they have mm -hmm. but really they don't do any of those things mm -hmm. you know like maybe someone making green juice on their story and they're mm -hmm. not actually drinking it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if this exists but i think this is like a a mindset around what some people are doing on instagram or 
mm-hmm. wherever they do content. Mm-hmm. And I wondered that for myself. I was like, well, what does my life look like without social mm-hmm. media? Do I still enjoy the same things that I do and mm-hmm. show and share, mm-hmm. you know, like my journaling practice and, you know, yoga and cooking? Like, do I still like these things if I'm not showing others that I'm doing mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. And what was so affirming was that stepping away from that I did more of those things Mm. and I did them in a way that was much more focused Mm. and heart-centered, I think, Mm. because I didn't have to perform or Mm. I didn't have to show anyone else that I was doing it, Mm. which saying that out loud, I never had to show them in the first place, Mm. but I still liked to, Mm. which is my own issue. But anyway, I journaled more. Mm. I read more, Mm. I meditated more, Mm. I did more yoga, Mm. and I still dressed my food up to look like a pretty restaurant (laughs) dish, (laughs) you know? So I realised, like, these things are parts of me. Yeah. They're me. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't be alone in that, you know, I've never had time off Instagram. And I, to be honest, I identify with that a lot and have played with in the last four years that being instead of performing or doing for socials you know what is what does it look like in my life when I'm not doing that or when I put my phone down and when I delete the app and I've played with several different versions of that like month on month off social media day on day off like dip dip um certain times of the day you know once or twice a day I'm only allowed on you know all sorts of things and the most successful use that I've ever had and relationship I've ever had with social media is when I am fully well within myself I do not get on unless I would sit across from you like this unless I have the capacity to be social I'm not on the app Mm, that's incredible right yes if you wouldn't sit in front of a human and have the kind of chat that we're having now and if you wouldn't have enough energy to exchange with someone you're not on that Mm, yeah i love that and you have an intention when you use it what you want to feel for me i want to feel inspired i want to feel creatively juicy i want to feel like connected to other humans around the world doing amazing things if i hop on and i don't feel that and i feel triggered and i feel um like I'm shaming myself or judging myself or thinking I could never do that when I'm seeing brilliant women, that's a sign to me that I need to come back to myself. Mm. And actually Tessa, um, my friend T, and I talk about this a lot, that that kind of feeling is a total sign that there's something that you need that you're not getting, right? And the app is telling you that if you're that aware (laughs) of what's going on, right? Definitely. Well, I'll be the first to say right now here on air that I was an Instagram addict up until four weeks ago. Yeah. So this is very new to Mm. me. And listening to what you're saying now, I'm like, cool, I want to do that too Mm. because being back is also something that's strange. Mm. Trying to post again, Mm -hmm. well aware of the fact that the algorithm hates me for not being on there Mm. and just going, well, I really want to share this podcast that I just did with someone Mm. and unfortunately without this medium, Mm. no one will know I posted it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use this to 
bring service to the people who listen, Mm -hmm. who need to hear it, need to find it. Mm -hmm. And also the person that I did the episode with, you Mm -hmm. know, to show them that, you know, respect and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a two way, Mm -hmm. you know, agreement. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is a co-creation. I mean, the algorithm is so sophisticated now and, and I just actually just want to use an example from my friend Mandy shout out to my beautiful friend Amanda Hill Amanda went on maternity leave with her first beautiful baby and she was off socials for like you know many many months Mm. and she came back and as you say the algorithm quote-unquote should have hated that but actually she had the most successful launch she's ever had coming back on so it's possible mm. and also that's what we get to play with yeah not the numbers i don't give an actual <laughs> flying f about the number of followers i care about who i'm connecting with and the richness of that so when you spoke about like feeling responsible or feeling like you're having this impact this beautiful impact that's the kind of exchange i want to have on social media i don't care about ten thousand followers couldn't give it couldn't give a flying absolutely yeah at the moment the algorithm is out of my mind mm. you know what mm. like mm-hmm. i'm gonna post mm-hmm. what i want to post mm-hmm. if i think that it'll warm my heart mm-hmm. you know what happened to just the app that was created to share mm-hmm. pictures mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. to have a media platform that is social mm-hmm. <laughs> it was built for connection mm-hmm. and that's what I was missing I think mm-hmm. in the but like there was one day before I decided to jump back on and I was like I loved the connectedness that I had with the people in my inner circle mm-hmm. you know in the last four weeks mm-hmm. it felt rich it felt mm-hmm. deep mm-hmm. but that outer circle the people that you don't you know hear from as often or who don't live near you you mm-hmm. know things like that it's harder to connect with those people. Yeah. And so I realised, I was like, oh, I, I miss this person, you know, and I haven't spoken to this person in a while and I wonder what they're doing. Mm. And so I felt excited mm-hmm. to come back to connect. That's how you want to feel. Yeah. That's exactly when I'm not excited to get on in that way, that's when I know that I need a break. Mm. And we get to play with that, right? Yeah. Like full respect to the platform. I've built my whole business on Instagram. What a time to be alive. (laughs) I know. Right? (laughs) And you've done an amazing job. Like, I don't know, the people listening to this today will most likely have found this conversation through Instagram. Right. And Exactly. They will jump on your page and they're going to see how incredibly you are doing and what you're showing up like at the moment because it's inspiring Mm. to me. Mm. Yeah. Cheers. You're welcome. It's It's a powerful portal, truly. And I think that we, when we demonise the platform, I think we are giving up our power to play with how we want it to feel. It's like anything. You set an intention for something, you bring that beautiful self-awareness that you have, Steph, to something and you can remain in your power and grounded and feeling the way you want to feel, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. For, for an example, I am going on a trip in 27 days to the NT and most of the women on that trip we've got eight at the moment uh I've met through Instagram mm. 
including my beautiful friend Emily. Shout out to M. Her name's Spirited Seeker on Instagram. Um, we have this insane relationship that has never existed outside of the app. So now we get to play in real life. This is what it can do. Wow. Yeah. It's so exciting. I can't wait. In the most non-creepy way, I can't wait to touch her. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. You know? Yeah. We have these DM video chats and I'm like, imagine when we're together walking on the red earth, holding hands, watching the sunrise over Uluru. Like, I cannot wait. And Instagram has done that. Yeah. You're right. I don't think a lot of us realise that, like, we're in control it is not don't give away your power exactly do not give away your power we i mean you and i met in actual human person but i was following you way before we met in person same right yeah so what a lovely when we met we already knew each other's vibe yeah that's actually one of the other gifts that it gives me when humans turn up in front of me as a coach they already know what I'm like or at least a thread of what my vibe is, what I feel passionate about, what I feel called to do in the world so that when they turn up in front of me, it's not like a blind date. They Mm -hmm. know what I'm about and they're ready to show up for themselves, which is what I call people into. So it's very beautiful for me in that way to run a business where I'm coaching women where they know that, the people I want to work with are the big-hearted, big vision, I want to create stuff women, you know? Yeah, that's what you attract because that's what you put out. Right. That's exactly so who you are. I'm constantly talking about it. <laughs> I only want to work with creators now. Mm. If you are, want to create stuff out of the fertile, your fertile imagination or heart or really, like, lean into the work that you're here to do and create something out of nothing like those are the people I want to work with and I'm constantly talking about that oh my gosh constantly what I attract that's me you're right that's everyone listening exactly (laughs) (laughs) is it is it hard being a business owner you know like how long now has it been since you've been doing all of this it's been four years and I've just had a real learning actually in the um for this NT trip I will say for the first time on air that about six weeks out from trip six or eight weeks out from trip I had like there was like a mass exit so for context we were supposed to do the trip September last year it got cancelled because of the spicy cough classic like we couldn't do the thing we wanted to do in person because of this global thing Um, So we had new dates, which is four weeks away, just under now. And I pretty much had a mass exit of the 12 women that had said yes for the first date. So I had one left. Then the borders didn't open until literally eight, nine weeks ago to NT. So I was calling people in in a very limited time frame. And I remember having this breakdown. And I should know this. about my um i don't want to use the word launch but i will because that's the only one that's coming to mind right now i should know this about my launches when i'm calling people into experiences like my group coaching programs or like anytime i'm like calling women in there's always a breakdown moment you know Mm. for me anyway there's always a breakdown Mm -hmm. and if i resist it 
I like resist all the aha moments and the flow that is needed, right? To call right. humans in. So I was in front of my coach about six weeks ago, Emily. She was the only one that was left of the original crew because she was like, my soul needs to be there with you. Yeah. Praise be <laughs> to Em. Because I was, I had the tears and I had the breakdown moment of like, I'm not going to be able to do this trip. We're going to have to cancel it. I It is like one of the most important things in my life. This trip, I cannot, I've done the trip. I've felt how life-changing it is i viscerally felt how in my heart energy and gratitude and like in love with myself i can be because of this trip how do i convey that and call people in in a social media you know out there sharing kind of way when i feel so dejected that i've failed i felt like a failure and i had the cry and luckily (laughs) i did because after i shifted that emotion let it roll through I've never been afraid to cry, chronic crier. I'm that person. I will cry at anything. Um, I I moved it and then I was like, you know what? Whatever it takes, that's the new energy. I don't care how sick of my own voice I get showing up on social media. I don't care if people scroll through everything I post about this trip. It means so much to me that I will show up more than I've ever shown up before. And I did. And now we have eight, not just eight women, but like dream, 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 dream clients. Like I'm spending nine days with these humans and I am so, I've started packing already. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited. And it was because of this lesson I learned, you know, we can expect ease sometimes when we do our heart work. And we think that that means we should be doing what we're doing, but we forget that. And this is something I spoke about with T the other day on her podcast. The effort produces the effortlessness. Ooh. Right? Ooh. That sits different. Yeah. And how many times, like, have I been like, oh, this isn't easy, so it must not be it. I must not be. How come I'm not getting what I want? Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like in self-development, there's such a thing that's like, what will be for you will come to you. Just let it flow to you. You know, be in complete surrender and just let it come. And so people forget about action. Mm. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And what you just said just then was just like, you can't just sit. Mm-hmm. You can't just wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing that people say about manifestation is like, great, have a vision, mm-hmm. get clear on it, mm-hmm. but you can't just sit there and wait. Mm-hmm. You actually need action in order mm-hmm. to have manifestation. Mm-hmm. And my top tip for that is, so for example, for this trip, I was like more forward than ever before. Like I was in people's DMs, voice noting, saying, hey, I want you on this trip. If it's not you, tell me about someone in your orbit. I will contact them. I was on my stories. I was on the grid. I was like literally no stone unturned. And (laughs) it produced results. But also my top tip is to do the action. Make sure your cup is as full as possible and you're in the excitement or the vibration of what you're calling them into. I had this playlist, which like all the songs took me right back to the trip and I was sharing from 
the excitement, not the lack. And sometimes that's hard to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is really hard to do. Mm. I think I told you about the course that I you know, mm. created. It was mm-hmm. like this download. It happened within like two hours. I mm-hmm. wrote everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I set it up and I paid for a very expensive new website program mm-hmm. to be able to house all of the sessions mm-hmm. and, the you know, the media and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and planned it all out, made the web pages and, you know, the emails and everything. Mm-hmm. And I started posting about it on social media, but it was clear to me that I wasn't ready to put in the effort Mm. because I wasn't ready to jump into people's DMs Mm. or, you know, rinse it every single day in my stories. Mm. And I think a lot of that came from Mm self-sabotage. Classic. Yeah. And I'll be, I'm not afraid to say this, but that course only sold one spot, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I was like, well, does this mean that I'm a failure? I was like, you know what? I, I don't resonate with that word. Mm-hmm. I'm resonating with I tried, mm-hmm. but there was something stopping me. Mm-hmm. There was some form of resistance mm-hmm. there to actually succeeding. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what it is. And nothing is ever wasted, right? Because you went through that whole process. You learned how to put a course together. You learned how to – you had this – like the the devastating lessons are always the ones that really stay with you right so oh, that yeah. that learning that you just had about what it feels like viscerally to think about the word it's never failing you're right but it's always learning and you are so not alone i as a meditation teacher at the start of this career of mine I this is my second career I used to be a librarian 10 years I was 10 years a librarian loved that job (laughs) um but when I first became a meditation teacher I was teaching a weekly class at a wellness studio and so many times like I couldn't even tell you how many times nobody showed up Mm. every single time I learned something about how to market or how to talk about it in a different way or how much I wanted it, Mm. how much effort I was willing to put in. I just, I'm actually so grateful for all those quote-unquote failures of of circles because, yeah, it's never a failure. Mm. Even though, like, full respect to the actual feeling of failure. (laughs) Like, like that is a thing, you know. And it's allowed to be shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing it as there was a reason why I wasn't jumping out of my skin excited mm-hmm. for this program. Mm-hmm. And I also think that I I didn't feel like you felt when mm-hmm. you were putting this NT trip mm-hmm. together, this mm-hmm. second one. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, the course idea now doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it's me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, okay, cool. I tried that too. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm not there. That's not me either. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just an, I hate this word, Everyone hates this word. I'm going to change the word. It's not the P word. It's redirection. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. When we do get redirected, and sometimes this is the thing about the action piece, sometimes we're actually not going to know what the right action is until you try the one that's not quite aligned. Mm. And that gives you more information, really, than the aligned moves, right? Absolutely. There's, there's just so much... 
there's so there's so much to think about in terms of like the action towards things Mm. it can be so tiny it can be so small it was a part during um the launch of this nt trip where i was like i'm gonna stop posting on stories right now and do the actions in like behind the scenes that tell the universe that i'm going on this trip so i booked my flights i booked the first night's accommodation i like literally small things like getting my eyebrows booked in to knowing i would be in the desert for nine days you know like and i did the actions quietly and i did the actions out there in the public and i yeah i felt like i body heart soul was gonna be there wow yeah I think that's what we're all aiming for, that feeling, this certainty, you know, in a way, this like, oh, this makes my soul tingle and I want to be there and I want to do that. And that's a good sign of when things aren't working for you Mm. and when something isn't for you. Mm. I think we should be chasing that soul tingling feeling. Mm. It's taken me four years to feel like that, by the way. Mm. That's not a thing. I think we see people... I used to do this with my brother. We see people who are so certain about what they want to do in this lifetime. And and I used to think about my brother. I used to be like, I wish I felt like that. I was that person coming out of school being like, I don't know what I want to do. How come everyone knows what they want to do? How come I'm 18 and people expecting me to know what I want to do with my life when I haven't had a life yet? I've been going to school how can we choose what we want to study if we've not been out there in the world i think it's awful the pressure we put on teenagers to know i agree how can we know and now i know that we can be multi-passionate and that we're different people every day we wake up this is why i've burnt my business to the ground about literally five times in four years (laughs) because i'm a growth human you know yeah yeah and so yeah i i wish wish I knew the things that I know now when I was 18, but it would have been an interesting letter, actually, writing a letter. That would. Mm, I encourage that, yeah. Mm. I invite you to write a letter to your 18-year-old self. (laughs) (laughs) It's wild the amount of wisdom we can can have. Like, I'm only 35, and I feel like I'm sometimes still 18, making up things as I go along. I'm a mother now, you know. I'm still making it up. I love it. I think 35 and you've done four years of this business, mm. right? Mm-hmm. People have this whole thing about time and age mm. and we've got to do this before I'm 30 and mm. I, I must know what I'm doing mm. before I'm 25 mm. or I must have a degree or mm. a house and all this and mm. like I just want to invite everyone listening today to just let that go mm-hmm. let it's a it made go. up number it's arbitrary actually time is made up <laughs> completely it's a made up construct yes it gives us some beautiful anchors in our day but it is a made up construct this is what i love about this nt trip you wake up with the sun you go to bed with the sun you sit around a fire it's very like primal basic humanness, and we don't have reception for like eight days you're forced (laughs) to not be wired into your life Mm. 
And I think that we, when we give ourselves these, you know, I should have my quote-unquote shit sorted by 30. I had that one. It's a made-up number. I think a lot of people have that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big, yeah, it's a big, like, when you were 18 and you thought of yourself at 30, you had a picture, probably, of what your life would be like. It's part of what I've had to grieve for through this fertility journey. I still mm-hmm. don't have the second child that I wanted and I thought I would have three by now and, yeah, there's like a... I think when you're on the growth path, there's a certain level of grieving that you must do for the person that you were mm. and the idea that you had about your life. Yeah. You know, people would say they... Oh, I, I've never experienced grief before, mm. but grief is multifaceted. We do not. Western cultures do not uh, learn about grief the way we should, integrate grief the way that we should. I, you know, we've got a lot to learn from Indigenous cultures and other First Nations cultures and, yeah, we don't don't do it right in my opinion. We think that grief is just you lose someone that's close to you. There's just so many other versions of grief. Yeah so many and like there's almost like a hierarchy of grief yes like it's only worthy if it's a person that was super close to you Mm. it's you know not like losing a job Mm. or you know having to move on from something minor or you know pivoting but like it's it's all grief Mm -hmm. it's all important Mm. it's all changing your life Mm. it's all making you feel things Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. That, like, the little moment of grief I had when I was in my own grief process and I realised that I was trying to turn it into a formula for someone else to help them in their grief. Like, there was a little moment of grief in there for, for myself that I couldn't even hold space for myself in that moment to just be there. Like, that was a grief. I, it made me so sad. Poor Julia, you know? Mm. She can't even be there with herself. She's trying to, like, I don't know what I was trying to do, create. I was trying to have impact and help other humans Mm. not be in grief. Yeah. But actually, again... It's almost like avoidance of your own grief in a way. Yeah. And how can I deny people their own cracking open moments? Like, those are the moments didn't feel good when I was in them but those are the moments that change you and make you learn and make you grow and make you that beautiful empath that you need to be for whoever will come across your path in their own version of it you know Mm. I don't want to ever save anyone from their grief that's a really mature thing to be Mm. able to say I think Mm. That's the first instinct I think many people have. Mm. It's like, let me hold you, let me, let me, let me. And take it's uncomfortable to see someone in that much pain. I've watched my husband do it every miscarriage. He he yeah. can't watch me sometimes. And I see my family, same thing. The last miscarriage that somebody said to me, I think it was my sister, she's like, I don't want to see you. I was in bed for a month. Mm. And she said, I don't want to see you in bed for another month. And I remember thinking are you are you worried I mean I think it was a bit of both but are you uncomfortable seeing me in pain or you are you like can you not handle your own stuff watching me yeah 
Yeah. It's not my responsibility as someone going through grief or pain or suffering to protect you from your own discomfort Correct. that arises within you from seeing it. Correct. Or conform to your timeline of what healing should be or should look like. Exactly. You can't change the way that we are currently moving through this. Mm. So just allow me to move through this. Mm-hmm. And don't that person is already going through enough right this is what i hate about things like miscarriage women are supposed to like go back to work the next week what is that about what is that about (laughs) i am not it just blows my mind that a friend of mine told me a story where she had a miscarriage and her boss said well you're not bleeding anymore so you can come back to work oh god just knifes my heart that kind of thing yeah just we have these again it's an arbitrary number after Mm. a week you should be back to normal whatever that means (laughs) whatever that means right you're actually there is no normal because you can't when you've been through a period of grief or a trauma you can't go back anymore you're actually a completely different human thank you for saying that right exactly you cannot you cannot go back it's the same as when you've had an expansion so there's two different processes that i've learned from the last and this is um credit to some of my amazing clients for helping me articulate this i remember thinking i am a completely different human after each dark right and i've had quite a few two miscarriages several rounds of ivf unsuccessful just grief 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 in the last four years I am a completely different human on the other side. My cells have rearranged. I've I've been through several tunnels. So what has happened there? Because it's not expansion, right? Mm. What actually is the process? If I'm a completely different human on the other side of this period of grief, and what even is it the other side? I mean, it's it's a wave. It's a process. And I think what I have come to is it's a distillation it's not an expansion it's like a distilling you get stripped back to like golem self (laughs) you know like basic shelter water food yep there's not much more that can happen when you're that far deep in the i don't know what you want to call it the dark the magic dark yeah so you've been stripped back and all the false masks layers um all the parts of you that aren't you, you can't hold them anymore because you've been reduced to what feels like nothing, right? Yeah. So every time I go through a tunnel, a dark, there is another layer Mm. that falls away because I can't hold it anymore, Mm. you know? Yeah. It's a beautiful process when you look at it like that. It just doesn't feel (laughs) beautiful. It feels like... Well, there's a, personally, a, a, an instinct as the layer is being shared is to grip onto everything yes. that you once knew and to hold on to it for dear life because this is me, this is who mm. I am, right? This is who I am. Just clutching. Mm-hmm. Not, Control. Not wanting to let go of that version of yourself mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. the change, mm-hmm. before the loss. I have never ever 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 felt joy the way i do after so many darks 
Hmm. It's such a... When you come out and you see the light at the end of whatever tunnel you've been through, I've just never... Like, I'm a crier. I will cry with joy. Saw Uluru for the first time. Cried. Put my feet on red dirt for the first time. Cried. All the laughter that happens. Just so much joy since I've been through all of those darks. Mm. Does everything feel more potent for you now? You know, in a way, like, this shedding is somewhat getting to the core of Julia, the Julia that is meant to come through. Mm. I don't know about what you believe in karma or, like, you know, how we repeat the same lessons in our lifetimes and, you know, Mm. all this sort of stuff. Mm. It's like... The real Julia is just progressively coming out and coming Mm. through. Mm. Yeah. And my voice has changed. And and because there's so many processes that happened for me, but one of them was communication, my relationship with my husband, for example. If I didn't communicate what I needed, if I didn't communicate how I was feeling, that relationship would have fallen to the ground. And I've seen it happen and you know sometimes these are the things we have to go through in our lifetime but my voice has gotten stronger my conviction about what I'm here to do has gotten stronger my the way I feel about my work has changed my certainty and groundedness in who I am has become yeah more intense more potent to use your word because I have learnt in the most devastating ways about myself over and over and over and over again you know yeah there's things you learn when you go through hard stuff that you can't learn about yourself any other way yeah (laughs) i don't mean to minimize what you are saying and your experiences by talking about this whole karmic thing it's something that i read about and i am Mm. curious about it Mm. in a way i'm just like well have I done all this before? Mm. Has every lesson that I've learned, mm. all the hard shit that I've been through, has this all happened to me before? And, mm. you know, am I just making different choices each time, you know? Mm. So I don't whatsoever mean to minimise your experiences whatsoever. I mm. feel, like, really called to say that right mm. now. And, you know, that thank you for saying that because it reminds me of something else that I want to say about feeling responsible for others' healing or trajectories in this lifetime I used to get so frustrated looking at other people and being like they've not learned their lesson they're acting like an asshole they're like what (laughs) what is this human doing in this life like what what and I've realized what I now believe is that some people aren't here to be on the growth path in this lifetime if there is such a thing as multiple lifetimes which i do believe in to get really woo they're they that's not their job in this lifetime yeah you know mm. like i'm here to freak the formula think outside the box like bust out of whatever stereotypes people continue to put me into mm. that's not other people's journeys you know i'm here to walk a path that nobody else has walked before maybe that's not everyone's shtick in this lifetime you know and actually being comfortable with that is quite I was in discomfort for a long time knowing that because Mm. I'm just I just want everyone to grow and feel better and be more themselves but 
we're all here for different things. I actually think that realising that within my own world and my own relationships Mm. has helped me better let go of this, like, why aren't you helping yourself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, yes. I have people in my life that I've tried to help so many times and now I just have to, like, it almost gives me permission to just be like, no, 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 this yep. is their journey. Yep. You have to let them go on this path and that's just how they have to live at the moment yep. and you're not responsible for them. Yep. Yeah, good it, one. It's the same thing as not taking away people's grief you can't take away people's lessons Mm. they have to live them viscerally through their bodies and their bad moments and their good moments and their you know quote-unquote wrong choices i don't believe there is such a thing but you know that you can't take that away from people like imagine if somebody had come to me at the start of four years and being like you're not going to have any more children so let's make peace with it now and then we can move on i would have been robbed of literally this work that I do now that makes me cry I believe in it so much it makes me cry like that is (laughs) again something I've needed to let go of all I want is for all of us to be doing work that comes from our gifts like work that we were put on the earth to do that makes us so happy that we cry about it that we believe in so much that we cry about it but that is not everyone's journey that's what i want for all of us that is not everyone's journey Mm. so i will go along and cry (laughs) about the amazing women i have on this trip because that is what i'm here for and i get to experience the joy of that before i'm even there and i can let go of and take off the burden of everybody else feeling like that you know yeah (laughs) i do Mm. i mean to get practical with you for a moment like what to what will people do listening at home that are like well i don't feel that way yet Mm. i don't feel that excitement that joy like what what's like one thing that they can do to step into that do you know something i've been doing myself lately i listened to a meditation and he said it was a couple of weeks ago and i consider myself to be living quite an aligned life right i am i am very close to living my perfect life and i've cultivated abundance and the feeling of abundance and i have this amazing partner and this amazing child and this amazing brain and body and and you know everything but in this meditation he was like close your eyes and imagine your best life And because I'm Julia, I'm like, I'm going to imagine my most adventurous life, my boldest life, my like, you know, I'm like augmenting his sentence in my head. But I closed my eyes and there was things that that meditation or even just moment of thought highlighted for me. I was like, ah, there's stuff that still needs tweaking here. So I love that question. And Mm. as a coach, I'm just such a nerd for questions. I truly believe powerful questions can change lives yeah no surprise that i'm a coach so that would be my invitation for anyone listening today close your eyes and imagine your very best life like your most magnetic self your most boldest baddest most adventurous life what does that look like and i bet there's something that comes up that surprises you Mm. or that you can even lean into right now like it doesn't have to be for me the word adventure has been coming up a lot lately maybe it's not 
you're going on an adventure right now but maybe it's researching one or maybe it's like you know doing the easeful actions that make you feel adventurous you don't have to take the big leaps towards that if it feels far away Mm. you know Mm. like you you and I were talking about before you don't know what your full vision is and I think that we judge ourselves for that Mm. maybe you don't need to maybe there's like stuff going on right now you can trust that there's something bigger than you that has got you and that is making things happen around you for you so that one day the vision is clear you know you're actually things are happening when we think nothing's happening quote unquote nothing there's things happening it's just that you can't see them yet because you are so supported i believe that fully Mm. and i love how safe and comforting that feels Mm. like it doesn't matter about any arbitrary timeline that we spoke about before doesn't matter about anything happening on social media Mm -hmm. it's all happening as it should Mm -hmm. and also you can experience exactly how you want to feel all the threads of that before you get the thing so for example I often ask my clients, you know, whenever we get on a call, it's like, how are you? Not the good thanks, Julia version, like the level two, level three. You and I have had this conversation before. What's the level two, level three version? And they will tell me how they are. Cool. How do you want to feel? And can you bring that feeling alive in yourself or do something to bring that feeling or a thread of that feeling alive in yourself right now? Like, for example, I have clients who are like, I want to be a six-figure, seven-figure business owner. Cool. What does that level of luxury feel like? And what could it feel like? The curiosity, that's the most important part of it for me. Mm. What could that feel like? What would it feel like if you have what I would call play-level abundance? Like, order the most expensive thing at a restaurant. Order those ridiculous shoes just because you want to. Like, whatever it is. What could that feel like? And you can enjoy that now, you know, before you even have it. It's the same thing as me being on an absolute high for three weeks because I can feel (laughs) what it's going to be like on this NT trip. I already, like, can feel the girls, one of the girls holding hands with me. I can feel the cuddles. I can feel the joy, like, deep, deep joy of laughing. I said this to Em this morning in a DM social media great for sending voice notes (laughs) i said this to emma i was like i can see us lying on the dirt laughing until we cry like i already am enjoying that it's brilliant Mm. that's important what you just said is allowing yourself to drift into visualizing Mm -hmm. and just letting it run wherever it will go Mm -hmm. Because that's when you start to see the things like you were talking about before, you know, as your highest self and what your Mm. most ideal life looks like. Mm. You have to let yourself actually see what it is that you want. Yeah. And 
the more you do it, the more worthier you will feel of it, right? Because that's when we block ourselves. Mm. The self-sabo comes in when we don't feel worthy of that. Mm. And actually, for me, the curiosity and the openness is the most important part. I often say when I'm doing leading meditations, whatever the question is, ask your body what it needs to tell you today. Ask what's let an intention drop in today. Open a space to hear it. The mm. actual thing you hear is not the important part. It's the curiosity and the space and the openness you have to hear it that's important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing unrealistic. There's nothing too silly. Just mm. you have to be open to receiving mm. and allow that to come. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. it's interesting mm. I wrote about you know what my ideal day looks love like it. I was like love it you know what does my highest self do like what is my ideal day yeah. and I wrote about it and I could see it and I could feel it and I was like oh, this is amazing and then what I wrote next was like I'm going to journal on this point tomorrow and it was just like how different is my current life now to that of my highest selves mm-hmm. in that visualization mm-hmm. and i haven't actually completed that task yet resistance resistance <laughs> mm. it's interesting mm. mm-hmm. it's funny resistance because it's sometimes hard to pick apart what is resistance and what is like no that's not for me you mm. know i also want to throw in there could just be me but also just pure laziness and mm. procrastination <laughs> is it oh i love the laziness procrastination procrastination thing because is it procrastination or again are you not supposed to know right now mm. yeah right are you learning things right now that you need for that task yeah so can it be okay for you to just be as you are right now mm-hmm. without the knowing, without mm-hmm. the visualisation even? Mm-hmm. Can it be okay for you to sit there mm-hmm. right now and just let mm-hmm. that be? Are you lazy or is your body just screaming at you for rest? Mm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you lazy or are you living in a capitalist patriarchal society that tells you you have to achieve all the time? Yes. That tells you that you have to work five days and a million hours a week. Right. And earn a heap of money for retirement and all this stuff. Right. Are you lazy or are you a woman in a world that doesn't honour your seasons and cycles? Yes. Right. Thank you. Are you lazy or are you just disillusioned by not being seen properly at all? Mm. I mean, we could go on. We so could. (laughs) The retirement thing just bounced into my head because yesterday I had this beautiful consultation with this man who is retired and he is in so much pain all throughout his Mm. body and he can't do golf and he can't Mm. do any of the things that he was envisioning for Mm. when he was retired Mm. and he was someone that worked night shift Mm -hmm. worked heaps to save you know a great amount of money so that he could retire at a good age But unfortunately, in doing that, his body is now unable to go forward into his retirement and actually enjoy it. And he said to me, if there's one thing that I could say to you, it's like one little bit of wisdom is that all the money in the world doesn't matter 
if you do not have the health to be able to enjoy it. Amen. And I just felt that throughout my body and I was just like, more people need to know that. And your health doesn't just include the physical body. Mm-hmm. It includes the emotional body, the mm-hmm. mental body, mm-hmm. the spiritual body mm-hmm. and the social body too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a similar, I remember getting this lesson really early in my library career actually one of my beautiful colleagues her husband nearly exactly the same thing he waited 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 to do his travel to live his life basically he waited to live his life until he was retired and he was a week in and he died of a heart attack it was horrible horrible and I think about that all the time. I think about it all the time. Like, what does my life well lived look like? Because that happens now, not later. Not, yeah, exactly. No matter how, what scale I can play it on, it starts now. Mm. And maybe it starts from not calling myself lazy and taking a full rest when I need it. Yeah. Or switching off when you need to. Mm. I like that thought, and I don't think enough of us have it, is that we actually shouldn't postpone. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't do it later or Mm. sometime or in the future. Mm. I think, as we were discussing before, grief makes you realise and learn the huge lesson is that tomorrow may never come. Mm. And I think for me, the, that lesson in, you know, my own health, my near-death experiences mm. um, and in losing someone extremely close to me, I was like, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need to, you know, ask the person out that I want to date and mm. I need to just live and, you know, message the people that I want to interview mm. and I need to just take these chances And maybe somewhat that had like simmered down a little bit for me, but what we've just spoken about has reminded me of that urgency in Mm. a way for myself, Mm. not urgency in the timeline Mm. manner, not like we were talking about before, but just in like waking up every day and choosing joy. It's less urgency and more boldness. Mm. Like what would the boldest version of Steph do today? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, like what? what is my bold life? Like is being here right now this beautiful highest self bold version of me? Mm. And what if not, how can we step into that? Mm-hmm. Mm, my brain is going a million miles per hour now. This is juicy. And there's so many different ways to make it easier to live into that. Mm. One of my um, – I've learned this from several coaches, but one of my – most favorite coaches is like for me the the um my boldest life always includes my beautiful business and and she was like let's put people that you want on your business board right who's on your business board like let's take queen energy for example who's sitting there in the queen seat beyonce mm. lizzo whoever it is right <laughs> i've had this conversation so many times what would like I can sit here and visualize it now like I've got a certain project coming up what would their advice be Mm. you know whoever that 
energy is for you same thing on the on the masculine side the divine father the divine masculine the one who's like right we're getting it done what is their advice you know it it actually sometimes we feel so alone when we're moving towards something but actually a there's so many versions of you to tap into and b you can call on energies that you don't feel right now if it's not an actual person in your life like create a board for your most boldest life like who is on that board mm. what would they do i always think when i'm looking for external answers and things like that mm. i'll pull an angel card mm. and i'll see what comes through mm. or i'll close my eyes while i'm journaling and i'll ask a question mm. and whatever thought is returned i'll take that as divine messaging journaling is amazing because automatic writing just oh. can i remember rage journaling one time when i was <laughs> it was <laughs> rage like journaling. rage journaling i literally i'll tell you this story this is quite vulnerable i had just come off the back of an unsuccessful ivf round it was like a fifth or sixth devastating loss basically and someone around me had gotten pregnant and and that is so triggering as a person in the fertility space infertility space and i remember writing like i grabbed my journal in a rage and i remember writing and i was asking the universe why are you doing this to me mm. why are you pushing me so far and i automatic wrote and it was like this is not a punishment you are so fine it is going to be okay this is for you and i was annoyed <laughs> I was annoyed because it was exactly what I needed to hear and I was like, damn. Yeah. Um, but, but it's powerful. Right. Yeah. This is not a punishment. Oh. Oh. I am worthy of what I'm calling in. I'm not getting punished right now. There's nothing I've done wrong, you know? Mm. How beautiful. Mm. It's not to say that I received it fully in that moment. <laughs> because human... We have to live through lessons many times until we learn them. I truly believe that. Yes. I truly yes. believe that. Yes. I'm so sorry that you've had all these devastating losses, Jules. Mm. Thank you. It's... When I look at them now, it feels like a necessary part of my journey. And I wouldn't... Um... I'll tell you three things that have come out of it. I mean, there's countless. But three things that have come out of it that I never would have had had I had the three children I wanted exactly when I wanted them. First of all, I don't think that I want three children. I've realised that one is quite enough for now. My need for or craving for presence in my life would not have happened with three small children I often talk about presence right to the edges. You can't do that with the life that I was aiming for. Mm. So right now I'm actually excited about what my relationship with Lenny, my son, could be with nobody else to take my presence. I'm so excited. And the second thing is my relationship with my husband that could have crashed and burned, had moments of crashing and burning many, many times. Now what we have is a connection that would will never, like it's deeper than I ever thought it could be. It's more free than I ever thought it could be. It's more 
it's delivered me more than I ever thought it could on my wedding day. You know, I feel like that version of me is quite naive. <laughs> like, bless, Julia, you thought you were... You knew you were marrying an amazing man, but you didn't know. Mm. Like, he's... I've had moments of him literally scooping me up off the floor and holding me like a baby. Like, just intimacy that you can't get any other way. And the third thing is this business that I just love. Like, this business is... I cannot wait to get into my office and have one-on-one time with my business. Like I consider it an entity, an energy outside of me, and I just, I'm intoxicated by it. And it's taking me to amazing places. And I get to play with, I mean, Greg, who I do these trips with. (laughs) It's his birthday today, actually. Shout out to Greggy. Um, I get to play with Greg and have the most joy activated that I've ever felt. And I get to do that for nine days in the desert, sleeping on a swag, falling asleep, looking at the stars. Like that never would have happened without my, what can I call it? All those dark nights of the soul, Mm. you know, none of that would have happened. I commend you for having so... (laughs) much gratitude within such immense pain Mm. that takes a really special person thank you you are a very special person it's taken a long time i was not in this place for most of it actually i was pretty much giving the finger to the universe like what even (laughs) yeah man what have you done to me (laughs) What and truly, like I have been in those in in, like. Truly, I have been in like near suicidal moments of like you've asked too much, I can't do this anymore, you know. I do know. Yeah. What can you? What can you? I know what you can do with that amount of grief. You can carry it, but I don't want to anymore. You know? I wish people could see us looking into each other, gazing into each other's (laughs) eyes with the tears. (laughs) Yeah. You, you, there's a breaking point that intense grief pushes you to and you can stay in the darkness or you can go to that break moment. There's this beautiful exercise my coach gets me to do of like when I'm resisting the bad feelings. She's like, I invite you. It's always an invitation. It's never a forceful or anything. She's like, I invite you to go there. Like go to your pain. Where is it in your body? Just go there and let it be experienced and it's painful and you go there and you let it take over you and you're crying or you're like literally sobbing or whatever's happening when you go there but then this miraculous thing happens as soon as you let go and go there it starts fading straight away straight away Mm. it's like as soon as you let go and let it be and see it for what it is you know, anger, pain, and and start to get to know the textures and the shapes of it in your body, straight away it moves, right? Energy in motion. Mm. So that thing that you are resisting for so long to look at, 
probably could have been shifted if you went and looked at it, you know? But you got to learn what it is is that's in that resistance or in that pain. So it's always the right timing. Mm. I think that's a really nice reminder for a lot of us. Mm. I think you're inviting everyone listening today to do that exact practice. Scary. So yeah, scary. It's real scary. And, like, you know, th- that for me sometimes looks like literally lying on the floor tantruming like a child. Like <laughs> sometimes letting it move is most times letting it move is not pretty. <laughs> but also if you're resisting it and feeling the intensity of that, all of that is information. Like you're learning what you don't want. Mm. You know, you're learning what it feels like to not have acceptance, peace, gratitude so viscerally that when you move into something else, that is information and you can do it easier the next time, you know, and you can have trust the next time that you've moved through it before. doesn't mean it feels good. Courage never feels like we think it's going to feel like. Mm-hmm. I've spoken about this with my friend Dusk. There's this Hollywood version of strength and courage that's like blaze of glory when actually it feels totally different. It feels like discomfort. It feels like I don't want to have that conversation. It feels like I don't want to show up in that. <laughs> I've been there. Mm. I've been there. I've also been pushed through that. Yeah. I pushed through that. Yeah. And I think the the best things that I've ever done have always come through moving through that. Yep. Yep. I identify with everything you're saying. Mm. And it's a part of the journey. Mm. Again, mm-hmm. courage is not what it looks like in the movies. <laughs> the no. recovery, the rise, the, you know, the coming out of the, the ashes. Oh, yeah, it's all very beautiful in our heads. you got to remember that, like, to create ashes, a lot of shit has to burn down. And um, that's really, really painful. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm very grateful that we were able to have this discussion mm. and talk about this. Mm. People have to realise or maybe they get to realise after listening to this that, like, like you were saying, your tunnel, you, got, you don't see the light. No. But the tunnel at the end or near the end, you start to see a little bit of it. Mm. Yeah, and the the tunnel, I mean, it's a universal law, right? The deeper the dark, the the greater the light. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking annoying when you're in it. (laughs) Full respect to anyone that's in it. Full respect to you. Cheers. Thanks for sharing with everyone. Mm. Thanks for sharing with me. Anytime. These are the only conversations I want to have. You can tell. The intentionality behind the way that, like, you're showing up on social media, the way you show up here, Mm. you're showing up in the way that you want to show up. Mm -hmm. It's fucking awesome. I'm probably going to cut that bit out. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I appreciate you so much. I'm, yeah, it's no small thing for me to be here. So thank you. Are you able to tell the listeners where they can find you, get a hold of you, connect with you, even mm-hmm. immerse with you? Mm-hmm. So as we've spoken about, I play a lot on Instagram when I'm not being in my life. Um, it's julia.hogarth, H-O-G-A-R-T-H, and my website, www.hogarth.com. Nobody says that anymore. JuliaHogarth.com. <laughs> um, I'm about to launch when I get back to NT from NT Trip a um, subscription called Create Club. Oh, <gasps> yep. Weekly meditations and time with me, including my questions, just like some of the ones I've invited you to think about today, and um, monthly masterclasses with the amazing people in my world. I have my own podcast called You School, and I was recording all these amazing interviews with amazing women and I was like I love that this is out in the world and the wisdom of these women is shared through my platform but also I want my community to have more access to you you know and so yeah we're creating create club because we want people to be in the room with us I want people to be able to ask these women questions I want creators to be supported all the time not just when they sign up for a coach or you know, enlist support in any other way. I want it to be ongoing, weekly. We activate our the things that we want to activate in ourselves, the states that we want to create. That's incredible. Mm. That sounds so good. Mm. I think that's what's missing. Mm. That's what's missing from this. Mm. You know, they can't connect with us through this. Right. I was doing an interview with my beautiful, one of my beautiful coaches, Annie, about diversity work. And so many people were like, that episode with Annie, amazing. I just want to ask her questions. And I was like, oh, imagine if you could. Imagine if all the creators could be in a room with Annie and my community and just be, first of all, it's an um, energy exchange, right? So mm. you can actually feel even virtually Annie's beautiful energy. She calls you in instead of out. She calls you up. You know, it is so gorgeous. And the only way to get that is if you're on a call with someone, you know. And if I can give people access to the amazing people in my world, and I am so grateful for the people that I have in my network, what a gift. You're amazing. <laughs> Yes. Your ability to create is just phenomenal and inspiring. And I love watching you continue to grow and shine Mm. and then pull people in and help other people do that too. Mm. It's amazing. Mm. I love what you do. My number one fan girl. I'm so grateful for you. (laughs) I am. I am. I love you, Jules. Mm. Love you. I think you can tell that we both had a lot of fun during this interview and although we were silly and we laughed a lot, there were some real moments of tenderness and vulnerability. So thank you Jules for coming on the podcast and for sharing so beautifully. It is not an easy feat and not an easy thing to do to talk so openly, but 
you do it so beautifully and so eloquently and I thank you so much for the time that you shared here with us today. To you at home, it feels like such a privilege to have you spend your time with both me and our guests and I hope that they are able to provide some sort of value and impact towards your life and I know today's episode was filled with so many amazing nuggets of wisdom that I know myself are now going to go out and be inquisitive within my own self and my own self-learning and I really hope that this episode provided that for you too today. If this was your first time listening to this podcast or perhaps you are a returning listener, you may know that we most recently started ending our episodes a little bit different. It's a grounding exercise to just take a few breaths to be able to bring yourself back into the present moment. Listening to a podcast can fill us with so much information and education and be so empowering and it is a complete other thing to then be able to implement that within your own life and to take on board what you actually heard and in order to do that we're just going to breathe together for a minute so if you'd like to just take stock of wherever you are whether that be in the car whether you are walking or you're simply at home folding washing just take a moment if it is safe to do so to gently take in the environment around you what can you see become aware of the vibrant colors contrast between light and dark vibrancy and dullness, taking in your physical environment. And what is it now that you can physically feel, whether that be your body connecting to where you are sitting or perhaps where your arms are placed, what they're doing, what can you feel? And turn your attention now to sound and what it is in your environment around you, whether close or far, that you can hear. If it's not my voice, what else is there? Now take a moment to draw your attention inward and towards yourself. Breathing gently and softly, relaxing your shoulders, relaxing all your face muscles, letting calm sweep over you. Soft breaths. What is it that is present for you right now? Mm 
and gently start to come back to your body, to sensation, to touch, to feeling. And just let yourself be completely in the present. Now that you are feeling a little bit more here, thank you again for joining us. And if you would like to stay up to date for when all new episodes arrive, then simply hit the subscribe button before you head out of whatever platform it is that you are listening to. And if it feels right for you today, it would mean the absolute world to me if you left a five-star review. I look forward to seeing you when the next episode lands and I hope that you have an incredible and fulfilled week ahead.